Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd to the end zone. Welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast, and I hope your day is off to a great start. If not, then get your mind right. All right, now, there was some big news that came out of CU this past weekend. Travis Etienne, Clemson's all-time leading rusher and All-American running back, decided not to declare for this year's draft and has announced that he is coming back to school for one more ride. Now, this decision shocked a lot of people and had some people scratching their heads, but there's always a why. I'm going to discuss that with the man who had to make a tough decision himself when he was in school. It's only right that the man, CJ Spiller, number 28, joins me in the pod to weigh in on that process and you know what the mindset is when you make a decision that big. We also discuss what a particular coach meant to him early in his career. I'm excited for you guys to listen. And I always appreciate your feedback. And if you got any questions, you can always shoot me an email at thetajboydpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Got some good stuff in the works. Here we go. All right, so I hope everybody's day is going well. I got one of my favorite people on the line with me today to discuss a little bit of ball. I got my man, CJ Spiller, Mr. Number 28. All right, OG, big dog. Um, but obviously, there was some, some big news uh, coming out of Clemson over the weekend. Travis Etienne decided to come back to school. It's quite shocking to me, but I'm not that surprised. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But CJ, appreciate you jumping on the pod with me, buddy. Oh, man, it's an honor to be back on the pod. Always a pleasure to talk ball uh, with somebody that knows that knows ball and make it a whole lot easier. So definitely an honor to be back. Uh, to discuss, you know, all types of topics with, you know, yeah, yeah. our ties with there. So, like I said, looking forward to this interview. I think it's going to be uh, it's a lot of things that we can discuss that's going to be uh, very intriguing to the to the fans. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, you just discussed, um, you know, your your former coach, uh, Coach Nobles, um, and, you know, the season that they had. What, he's where at what school right now? <laughs> so he's at uh, – at Irwin County down in Osceola, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, like, like we said, before we came on, man, they, they capped that thing off. They won the state championship this year. I'm going 13-0. Uh, um, I mean, they'd have been to the state championship game. <clears throat> He's been there six years. <clears throat> they'd have been to the title game, I want to say. either I know twice, but I want to say they might have been there three times. So, obviously, he turned that program around because it wasn't, wasn't much before he took, took over. So now he to turn that program into a powerhouse. So it was glad to go down there to the uh, play the state game down at, at Georgia State. So it was <clears throat> great to go down there, support him, and see them cap it off the the right way this year. Because I know he's been been trying to get that ring for the longest, and to see how the side the players were, it was an amazing experience to be a part of. Yeah, and um, you know you being from Lake Butler, uh, you went to Union County, and um, pretty sure you had a really solid career there too when you were playing um what was you know what's, what's coach nobles like man what's what does he bring to the table and what's something that you that's always stuck with you that he taught you uh man well first of all you know he's a he's a man of faith uh you know i've known coach nobles for you know since i was probably like six seven years old 
uh, both me and his son, Casey Knowles. Obviously, we grew up together. I played part Warner, then obviously through the middle school and high school ranks, and then had the opportunity to play together at Clemson. Uh, but he's a he's a man of faith. Uh, he a uh, man of his family. He loved his family. Uh, him and his wife, Miss Tammy, been married for 34 years. And uh, just to see how they interact with each other, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, you strive to be once you get married. So just a great example. Uh, then just very loving. Uh, I think every time I talk to him, it has not been one con- uh, session when we end the conversation with, you know, he loved me and I love him. So, I mean, it just... Just high character guy, uh, you know, treats everybody the same. Uh, got pretty much a heart of gold. Not saying that that coach was perfect, but man, the way that he spread the the, the good news of the gospel to to anyone, I mean, it was really uh, eye opening to see and just uh, to see all the lives that he had touched uh, through obviously his coaching uh, yeah. profession. Uh, it speaks testament of the of the man he is. Well, man, it's such a such a great opportunity. And really an honor to be able to serve in that capacity. Um, you know, my high school coach did so many, so many wonderful things for me. Um, Little League, too. And, you know, it's funny because, I, look, I, I hear rumblings and echoes of C.J. Spiller uh, going throughout the upstate of South Carolina. And I'll tell you what, man, you're doing a lot for those kids um, that you go spend time with on the track, too, uh, over at, is it Pickens or Liberty? Uh, over, over at Liberty. <laughs> CJ is out here in the sticks, uh, offering some gems and some insight, man. And, uh, can be more proud of him for doing that, but, uh, not a saucing though, man. Taking it. Yeah. I mean, you know that, I mean, I think the the greatest gift is the the impact that you can have on others, especially to others that can't do anything for you or that can't really hang on this set, offer you anything, but can't really, uh, uh, I guess you can't say offer, uh, offer you anything, but you're doing that genuinely hard. And I think that's one of the, the things, especially if you go to decide to go down, especially if I decide to go down that coaching avenue is to, that's the biggest responsibility is to have an impact on kids' lives, stuff that they can remember uh, throughout their lives as they grow up and become into this world. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's the number one key uh, for any coach uh, on any level is to have an impact on kids' lives. It's not about the, the wins and losses, obviously, you know, those things are coming, those things are great, but I think the most important thing is, did you have a, a humongous impact on, on young men's lives or young girls, if you're a lady, a lady coach, so a young girl's life? I mean, that, that mentorship, man, and these, these shared experiences and knowledge, man, that's what's, that's what's important, man, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, we got a chance to do that every day, man. Every handshake we give, every smile that we share, you know, it's a chance to, to really put an imprint on somebody's lives, man. So, you know, I'm just appreciative of that as well. But, you know, there was uh, – along those lines, you know, Travis Etienne did decide, in fact, to come back to school. I do believe that, that part of that was, you know, just the affinity, the love that he had for Clemson University, for his teammates, um, for, you know, the, the opportunity to get another crack at it. But, you know, what was – I know you got a chance to, to have a conversation with him, but what was one of the, some of the things that you were uh, relaying back to him on that front? Uh, to be honest, I mean, we were just, we just pretty much just went through the pros and the cons yeah. of, of the decision either to enter the draft or to come back. Uh, and kind of, you know, it was kind of really my first time really getting to sit down and really just talk to Tra- Travis one-on-one with just, you know, me and him. And it kind of just giving me a, a better understanding of the, of the young man he is and, 
you know, throughout the whole conversation, uh, you know, the biggest thing that kept coming up off, off his end was graduation. You know, and that's key, uh, especially uh, with him having a younger brother that's in high mm-hmm. school. And, you know, we can both relate, you know, as you, you know, get older, you got younger siblings, you kind of want to be that example for them. So, you know, he kind of wanted to be the example for his, his younger brother, the, the importance and, uh, and stressing the, the importance of education. So I thought that was very intriguing. It kind of brought me back to my memories when I had to make that decision. Yeah. But you know, we really just talked, you know, really just the, the pros and cons of, you know, of the decision of what he was going to decide to do. And I just wanted to really just give him the facts. You know, I know he gets a lot of information. I know Coach Sweeney and Coach McCorvey, they, they do a great job of trying to get them guys as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, they, they might even, you know, we all human, we might overlook something. So, you know, I kind of just took it upon myself and did a little bit of homework and kind of did a little history of the running back position uh, of guys that, that came out uh, the last 10 years, dating all the way back to when I came out. So, you know, it was, it was a positive uh, conversation, uh, but, you know, I didn't want to influence him either to stay or to go. Uh, I didn't think that was my responsibility uh, because at the end of the day, he's a, He's a young man, but he has to make a man's a man's decision, and that and that's another you know stepping stone of becoming a man. So I want to leave him with that decision uh, to make. Uh, you know, like you say, I I just went there to to offer my advice and, and share my experience and kind of just give him the 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 real uh, experience of what the behind the scenes, what scouts really look at. Because I've been in that world, I know what they look for in the running back, and you know what they take in consideration. So. Like I said, it was a, a positive uh, conversation. And, you know, uh, when we left, I just told him, just be at peace with whatever you make. You know, you're going to have opinions about it if you stay. You're going to have opinions about it if you go. As long as you're at peace with it, that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's uh, and I probably echo that same thing. You know, when I, after the LSU game, you know, I had considered, um, you know, taking that leap and, and transitioning to the NFL. And uh, I, I – I went out to pretty much just seek out some information, some, some, some expertise, you will say, really some knowledge, right. man, some mentoring. And I got a chance to, to get on the phone with Mike Vick and talk about it. And I asked him, you know, I was like, you know, if you were in my situation, what would you do? And he was like, it's really all about you. He was like, but he was like, this is, he was, I'll break it down like this. He was, uh, he said, if you, feel like you got more to give that you didn't, you didn't peak, you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted to. He was like, then go back to school. He was like, now, if you feel like you did everything possible, man, there's nothing more to gain, then go ahead and and just throw your hat in there, man. And and really just transition it and really get ready. And I think that was, you know, a key point for, for Travis on that standpoint. Now, you know, for me, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I could go ahead and leave, but I also want to see if I can put my team in position to win a national championship. I want to see if I could mm-hmm. go and win one of these prestigious awards. And I really didn't want to leave my guys out to dry, some of the guys that I came back to school with. And so when I read, you know, what ETN had to say about his decision, you know, I heard some of that in there too. So at the end of the day, you know, what Mike told me, what you told Travis, as long as you made that decision, then it's the right decision. But the moment that you have other people starting to, to to share their their thoughts on it and you start to take that into consideration is the moment that you make a mistake. Because if you made a decision, you can live with it. The moment that you put it in somebody else's hands, well, 
you know, you're always going to look back on that and it gives you an excuse to say, hey, you know, I shouldn't have took your advice in general. So, you know, as long as he made it, man, good on him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Clemson all together. Um, but it was a it was a big decision for sure. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you 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 said it right on the head. Uh, as long as he made the decision, uh, that's his. That's the most important thing. And we both can you know uh, kind of talk about that. Is is that you know when when these guys are getting recruited by Clemson, if they come to uh, come to me or they come to you and they ask you know for advice uh, about the decision, you know, obviously we both would love to see them sure. in a Clemson uniform. But I know personally. I don't tell a guy to come to Clemson. You know, I love him to come to Clemson, but right. he has to make that decision. You know, I don't have to get up at those five o'clock uh, morning and go to them, uh, them, them mat drills anymore. You know, he has to do it. And that's, that's always my message to any guy, uh, young man that's getting recruited, that, you know, as long as you make the decision, there's nothing wrong with getting advice and hearing out your parents. I'm not saying don't do that. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to make the decision because you're the one that has to go off and, get up for those classes and get up for those workouts. You know, mom's not going to be doing that. She'll be getting up going to work. So, you know, as long as you're happy with it, that's okay. And that's kind of how I based all my decisions when I was making tough decisions. I wanted to be the one because just like you just said, just same thing Mike Vitt said, you don't want to put that blame on anybody else and say, well, CJ said or Taj said this, and, you know, that's why this happened. You know, anytime I look back and if it didn't go according to plan, I want to look in the mirror and say, well, CJ, you made that decision, so you live with it. So I'm just, I'm just happy that that he made it. Uh, obviously, he talked with his family, but at the end of the day, I truly believe that that he made the decision. Yeah. I don't think he was pressured uh, either way. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you know, obviously, his family probably would have loved him to you know go and do something that he dreamed about as a little boy. But at the same time, they understood that you know education was important, and he has opportunity yeah, and to graduate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you were the first one to graduate from your family. And, and I know I was yeah, as well. well, and I'm sure that Travis is for his family as well. And, and what that means from a commitment standpoint, from a dedication, and just the opportunity to be the first man, it changes everything from a legacy standpoint. And It does. I mean, it changes everything, man, about about you as a person, uh, about the way uh, people view you. Uh, not saying, you know, you always want to have pros and cons of the way people view, but it's just going to speak. It's just going to take his... Uh, his platform to a higher level than just football. That's, um, and that's something to be said, man, because he, he has accomplished a lot. And, uh, you know, to make matters worse for any other running backs in Clemson's future, he's going to absolutely obliterate the record book. So <laughs> records are maybe <laughs> broken, but I don't know if those are going to be yeah. broken for a long time. So, Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, I don't think any Clemson fan would have been um, sad if Travis would have went to the NFL, like honestly, his legacy. I think his legacy is set when it comes to a to the football. Obviously, he'll he's still gonna work on his craft. I'm not saying that you don't work on your craft and you don't try to get better and try to nitpick little things that that you can get better as a player. But when you talk about legacy, I mean, he's only going to continue to just to push the records further. I mean, he had just about every running back record that you can have at Clemson. Then when you go talking about in the the ACC and the NCAA, I mean, he he's right there. So from that standpoint, I thought, you know, if he would have left, it would have his legacy would have been cemented. Uh, he's he's coming back to do something that's way bigger than football, and that's to to walk across that st- that stage and shape uh, hmm. President Clemson. It's big man, it's bigger than he knows too. 
you know. I, I think he understands it, but I don't know if he quite understands it. Once he finishes up and he looks back on it, you know, again, as long as he made it for him, he's going to be he's gonna be thankful that he did make that decision. And, look, he's not around a, a bunch of bad guys either. Look, you got some of the greatest you know, figures uh, around you. And the fact that they offered the support, the coaching staff, especially from the outside and whether it is – they're always giving you an opportunity in a way to advance – uh, on and off the field, you know, and from a from a psyche standpoint too. So, you know, he got he has another year to mature. Um, you know, he has another year to to, to grow uh, into the man that he wants to be. Um, he has an opportunity to get stronger and faster. Now, I will say this: you know, when I look at his his ability on the football field, I personally don't see how much more room he has to grow as far as running the football in itself. But there were three things for me that, you know, I was like, well, he could definitely improve that. He could have improved it, you know, in NFL draft prep, or he can in, improve on it right now. But for me, it was, you know, obviously pass catching out of the backfield. He's improved on that, but he still has some, some room to grow there. And I would hope so anyways, because you want these guys to continue to develop at a high level. Then he has an opportunity to understand and pick up blitz schemes and know it at a deeper level. And then just a pass pro overall. So, and, you know, I think this year, because he is such a, a guy who leads by example, we may get a chance to see him step out of his comfort zone and, and continue to lead from a vocal standpoint, too. So I'm just excited to see what it looks like because, you know, this team, uh, this season coming up, I mean, I know the this, this season just ended, you know, a few weeks back or a couple weeks ago. It seems like it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, a month ago, but. You know, he has an opportunity to leave from that standpoint, too, and get a chance to to really show these younger backs what it looks like to work because I know they have some guys coming in on the mid-year. So there's no better example that he can set than him by going out there and mastering his craft and continue to show it at a high level. Oh, without a doubt, those are three, you know, huge points uh, that you just mentioned. You know, obviously uh, catching the ball out the backfield and pass protection and then just understanding the whole – uh, the whole uh, pass protection uh, concept, I think if you can do that, you know, coming back a year, that only helps your game because the thing that we talked about and the thing that I told him was that when you go to that NFL combine, you better be comfortable being able to get on the whiteboard. So now that you're coming back this year, you should be asking Coach Elliott, giving you opportunities to get on the board and to explain the play because these are the things that these teams are going to ask you to do when you go for these interviews. You know, they're going to want to know, all right, if they do this, what do you do? What the quarterback do? So this is a prime example for him to to do that. I mean, he couldn't ask for something better. You know, if it was me, I would get with, I would get with Trevor this offseason and just get a better understanding of the whole concept of the of both the passing game and the running game. Uh, so that way, when that time does come, uh, I guess you can say next uh, January and February, uh, you'll feel so much comfortable going into these interviews because you'd have, you'd have prep yourself a whole year of what it what or what it means to be on the whiteboard because uh, we both know Travis he's not the most uh, talk of the person he's kind of you know um, lead by example guy but you know when you make it to that level as you know uh, you know you you have to just kind of I ain't gonna say come out your shell you just have to be more confident in yourself and and do things that you're really not comfortable of doing if you haven't done it before so you know that would be my other piece of advice when I speak with him would be like take advantage of this next season because it's going to go by fast so you want to make sure that you turning over every rock moving every rock so when it's time for you to do what you need to do at that next level there's nothing else um 
like I said, I, I would love to see him, you know, obviously uh, get better in the, in the pass catching. But same thing I told him is that, you know, with Clemson having so many dynamic receivers, they don't ask him right. a, a ton to, to run routes, you know. And so I can't blame him for that. I can't knock him for that for something that he's not asked to do a ton. But what he can do is get on the juggling machine and still catch between 50 to 100 balls. You can always do that and make sure that your hands are still up to date to show that you're comfortable catching the football because a lot of guys are not comfortable catching the ball. They catch the ball, but they're not com- they're not real comp- uh, confident in catching the ball. So it's a it's a huge difference. But getting on that drum machine every day, you, you gain more and more confidence. So hopefully he, he takes the advice and take advantage of and take advantage of the, uh, the opportunities. Well, and somebody asked me, uh, and they tried to give me the categorize it or break it down, but, you know, I only got a chance to play with you for a season. And that was that was pretty unfortunate. I Man, I just missed my uh, missed my window there from a timing standpoint. But um, the way I saw you though as a player is I felt like you were a little bit of everything. And you know, I think that Travis is it's more or less is a true running back. And I felt like you could play wherever they needed you on the football field. I thought you could play running back. I thought you could play slot. I thought you could play outside. I thought that you could play linebacker if you wanted to. Probably not. I don't know if you were a banger. <laughs> and but you know when you talk about these guys who need to develop this this skill set to to have their hands like legitimately extension of their run game and being able to catch it at a high level, is that something that came natural to you, or is that something that you just worked on throughout the course of your entire career? Uh, I mean, it was a mixture of both. I think going back to my baseball days, uh catching those uh from my from my older brothers and, and his cousins, uh just getting out there in the yard, catching baseballs there. And I think it just kinda helped develop uh that catching the football kind of became easy because of the two size difference in the uh, objects. So it was something that just was very natural to me. Even though I didn't play in a very I guess you say pass happy offense in high school. We, we was a wing T so we didn't throw the ball a ton. But it was something that I still worked on by myself to make sure that, you know, because I, I understood the importance of catching the ball. You know, I, 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 you know, I was always a big study of, of other guys. And, you know, you growing up, you watch the, the Reggie Bushes and the, and the Marshall Falls, mm-hmm. you know, L. Sayer. You know, you see these guys catching ball running routes. So you're like, well, I might need to do that if you, if you are trying to get to where they are. So, you know, it was something, like you said, it was just a mixture of both of them, something that was very natural to me. Uh, but something that I also worked on because I didn't want to get lack lack of yeah. lack of data with it you know, because we can do that you know you'd be like oh I mean that's just not I can always do it so you kind of get like you don't really work on your craft but like I said the, the best advice I got was from Ward Dunn in that jug machine you know he said that that should be like your best friend every day after practice and uh, ever since high school all the way into you know my last playing days <clears throat> in the league I was always on the jug machine it, and you know and that's the thing that I try to stress to these guys at Clemson is. You know, it don't take – it take you, you know, 10 minutes to get, you know, 30 balls. You get 10 in the front, turn to the side both ways, that's 10. That's that's 30 right there. So it don't take up a ton of time, but it just take a, it take a commitment from you to do it. And, you know, not only you can make that commitment. So hopefully, you know, that would be another thing that he commit himself to doing is, is getting on that job machine. Wise words from C.J. Spiller, folks. Now, <laughs> no, yeah. now good advice, bro. Um I saw, I want to say it was like Odell and the boys when they was coming out, they would put their hands right up to the jug machine 
And I, and I don't know how, how fast that ball is coming. I know it's coming out fast. It's faster than I can throw it, and it's faster than a lot of guys can pitch it. So, you know, to have that those firm hands to the point where that ball doesn't move at all, it's, it's a real thing, you know. And if you can, if you can, especially with the way the NFL is going right now with the running back situation, if you can become more of a threat in the pass game than you are in the run game, it changes everything. And so we see that with, you know, Le'Veon. We see that with uh, Kareem Hunt when he's over there. You know, so we, we see it with Nick Chubb, you know. So it's, it's changing to the point where these guys are more all-purpose backs and we're kind of almost getting away from just your traditional downhill big backs that you would have seen in way back when. And obviously that's just the evolution of football altogether. That's why we don't see – Many teams come from under center anymore, which is why Georgia needs to figure out what they want to be. But nonetheless, I did not expect, you know, and they had a tough go at it against LSU. Um, you know, the coaches and, and the players, you know, are all disappointed in that. But they, there's so many lessons to be learned from that from that game uh, going forward this offseason, which I think makes this team even that much more dynamic because they're going to hear about it all offseason. And so you're going to have Joey B spewing that at you. You know, Coach Sweeney's going to be bringing it up a little bit. But there were so many valuable lessons that can be incorporated for this upcoming season. And saying that, though, a guy, I think Greg McRoy and boys asked me what were really the implications if LSU wins this game. And and I told him, I thought that if LSU were to win this game, then they automatically like catapult into that, that number one team in the SEC for years to come. Clemson's obviously going to be back, man. Like, they're just – I mean, what they were doing and, and how they're revamping and how they're recruiting, I mean, it changes everything uh, for this conference altogether and for college football in this entirety. But I did not see or expect, you know, for LSU to really uh, disperse their coaches the way they did. Joe Brady leaving to go to the Panthers, uh, Aranda leaving uh, to go take a head coaching job. So now I'm thinking that LSU is another eight, nine win football team for years to come. Clemson is going to continue to persevere and be the big dogs on top. But you were at that game. You were in New Orleans. What did you see out there, and what do you think they're going to take with them this offseason? I mean, watching that game, honestly, uh, you know, just taking off my my fan hat and really just watching how the game was flowing, I just felt like – you know, even though we had got out to that 10-point lead, 17-10, to 10, I just still felt like offensively we just couldn't get in the rhythm. And you know this as a quarterback. When you're in rhythm, you just feel like anything the coach call in is going to work. And I just felt like we just couldn't find that rhythm that we, were, that we was accustomed to seeing throughout the whole yeah. season. And then once you see LSU kind of get in their rhythm, you kind of seeing them explode, explode and take off offensively. You know, they was taking shots down the mm-hmm. field. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow was doing a great job of, of managing uh, the game. He wasn't putting his teams in harm's way. You know, obviously, outside of when the you know, first couple of drives, they was, they was backed up. So I thought that would have been key. If we would have made them, you know, work the length of the football, I didn't think – I mean, the length of the field, I didn't think they were built to do that. Uh, I thought if they got ex- explosive plays, which they did, that would help them and that would keep that crowd going because we knew going into the game we was going to be outnumbered when it came to fans just because of, you know, being, them being home. Uh, so I knew if we could limit some of those explosive plays, those shots down the field, that we'll have a chance. But, you know, once I think once they settled it down, I don't know what Joe Brady did. I don't know what he's seen. I don't know what the they sideline coaches was communicating to him. It just seemed like once they started clicking, 
it seemed like just a snowball just started building and building and it it's like everything that you would hope that mm-hmm. Clemson can do, LSU was more than no offense. Like everything they was calling seemed like it was just working, working, working. Uh, but I think you know, obviously we wanted to win it, uh, uh, but so it don't it don't it doesn't diminish the the ride that these guys been on. I think it's going to do a lot of good uh, because these guys don't know what it feel like to lose. You know, they they had to won twenty nine right. straight games. You know, that's a two year span. So they Trevor hadn't lost since I think somebody said since his junior year in high school. So he didn't know what it feel like to to suffer defeat. You know, he might have, you know, had tough games here and there, but the team was still winning. So to have his first defeat, I think this is only going to make him better. I think he's going to learn from that game. Uh, he's going to uh, respond, I think, in the right way. I think as a, as a whole, as a whole offense, I think they're going to respond in the right way. It's going to be very interesting to see now with Tony, uh, with, with Jeff uh, Scott going down to South Florida for his head coaching job. He's going to see – you know what Tony does now that his, this offense is truly Tony right. Elliott's offense. So it kind of you know it's a lot of questions that's going to be answered. Obviously they're not going to just pick up and just change offenses, but it's going to be interesting to see if there's some you know tweaks here change just because of you know not solely on him. Uh, so I'm excited about it, but you know from that game I just felt like offensively we just couldn't get in the rhythm. And anytime your defense, I don't care how good it is, if they playing over yeah. 70 snaps, which at one point I think. I looked up on the, the TV screen. I think LSU was around like 60-something snaps. I mean, this he's looking at like the third quarter. So I'm like, the, the defense just was out there too long. They, they're not going to be able to hold up, you know, for four quarters when they're playing they like that. So, they got gas. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it was gas. It was good. Like I said, the first couple of drives, I just felt like if we could have just pushed that, that lead to more than 10, it would have been very interesting to see how LSU would have responded because I don't know if they'd have been down more than 10 points in the game this year. So it would have been very interesting to see, but that's a lot of, you know, what ifs, you know, but, you know, hats, kudos to them. They did what they, what they had to do to get the win. People say it's a team of destiny. I don't believe it. I think, you know, they just outplayed Clemson that day. Uh, I think uh, we didn't play to our best on the in the game that was the most important game. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, like I say, hats, kudos to them. They did everything that they needed to do to get the win. And, you know, uh, I know that that stage in that program, uh, was happy, but like you said, so. But now you turn the you turn the tables uh, with LSU, like you said, with them losing so many coaches. You know what do Coach O do now? He lost Joe Brady. Do he go back to his old ways? You know, you know, Coach O was a run guy. He wanted to run the football, just pound and pound and play play position, play defense. You know, now with Joe Brady out the mix, what do we do? Do we try to try to find somebody else that can kind of mimic what they just did? You know, so it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of question marks. For the LSU, I'm pretty sure they have more question marks than what Clemson has going oh, into this and, and the cool part is because Clemson knows their identity, and and I do, I appreciate yeah. you saying what you said because I don't think that LSU was just a flat out better football team. Clemson, I, I really don't. Right. I felt like, you know, this is a game of momentum, and when they were up 17-7, there was times yeah. in that in that first five or six series where with Joe Burrow. You know, looked flustered. He looked frustrated. He looked like he didn't know where to go with the football, and he was getting hit, you know, more often in pressure than he anticipated. And much like the Kansas mm-hmm. City game when they played the Texans, you know, once you step on those guys' throat, like you can't let up. And Clemson couldn't capitalize on that, push the lead a little bit. I think that it gave Joe time to really sit back, collect himself, and get in rhythm. And we just you know, Trevor and, and the staff just never were able to get into rhythm. And really, you know, once you got behind the eight ball and you're down, 
you can't afford to really run a ball and chew clock. And so we weren't able to put the ball in the best player's hands on the football field, and that's Travis Etienne. And, you know, so that was frustrating. And and the thing is, is Coach V, Coach Elliott, Coach Sweeney, they're going to dissect that film and break it down to its, to its, its nth degree. And they're going to find out and figure out how to never be in a situation where they feel compromised again. So, you know, a lot of good coming up. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, and that would be another thing, because I know that was a, one of the biggest questions coming out of the game was, why didn't Travis Etienne touch the ball more in the second half? I think he only had maybe one or two carries the second half. And we was running the ball fairly well uh, throughout the whole game. I think he ended with like 87 yards on 15 carries. So he was he was running the ball being effective. So that was one of the big questions about was why wasn't he getting the ball more? And that's, you know, that's the thing that, you know, Coach E would look at. Is obviously I'm pretty sure he that dissect that family will dissect it again and figure out ways to you know, utilize, you know, one of your best players uh, when you can say if your quarterback don't have it going. Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, they would bring some pressure and, you know, it was speeding up some time. And I'm pretty sure you can uh, talk about that more as a quarterback. You know, when you happen to speed that clock up in your head, it throws your time off with your guys. So then the best way to counter that is kind of just let the running game come and kind of just settle your guy down because – like I said, it was, just, it was just a different stage. Obviously, you know, tra- uh, Trevor had to have been there before playing in the Natty, but just not in that environment. you talk talking about playing in the Natty in Santa Clara where the crowd is almost split, but then you're talking about playing in the Natty in somebody else's backyard where the crowd is not split. I mean, that's a, it's a totally different animal, and, and every year is different. Uh, I think Coach Sweeney says it best. You can't carry your past success over to future success. You can only learn from that, but you can't carry that over. So, like I said, these guys are going to do a great job of dissecting this film, seeing what, what went wrong, what they did great, and getting better as both a team and as individuals. So, I think this game did absolutely would want to be national champions, but I think it did more good. Absolutely. Than well, and all you can do, man, is, is learn how to stand tall in the face of adversity. And uh, this team and the staff, they definitely know how to do that. And, you know, what's cool is that there's so many people uh, that are inspired by this organization, um, not only within the community, but in the state and in the country as well. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on it, and these guys have always handled it with class and with grace. So excited for these guys to continue on that trend upwards right there. But folks, we got to go ahead. Without a doubt. No, I was saying without a doubt. I think, you know, like you said, I mean, Coach Sweeney, what he'd have built, I think, you know, obviously <laughs> – you know, uh, you know, a lot of fans, they're getting a, lot, a ton of fan base. And I think people love the way that he done built this program. I think most importantly, they love the man that he is, what he stands for. So, I mean, that goes back to what we talked about earlier, having an impact on other people's lives. So, you know, he's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to represent this this university, his, uh, that program in the right manner, uh, his his family name in the right manner. And, I think I think the sky's the limit. You know, uh, nothing nothing's never guaranteed in the sports, as we all know that. Uh, you know, we hope our team get back there. You know, but we know there's a there's still a lot of work that has to be put in between now and then. And I'm pretty sure them guys are already putting in that offseason work to, to give themselves a chance to get back to that to get back to that to that same position again. Absolutely, and cap it off the right well, way. You always know what Coach Twenty like to say: the best is yet come so let's go all right well look folks 
Appreciate you guys tuning in. Now, me and CJ, we're going to have something special come up. We just got to get it going. So make sure that you encourage us on that. But we really got something that we want to bring to the table for for everybody. Um, and uh, I'm excited about that going forward. Just leave it at that. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the rating button. And uh, we'll be back here in a few days. So appreciate you guys tuning in to the Todd Boy Podcast.